songwriting burnout is a very real thing that can happen to us as songwriters, especially if you've been writing songs for a decent amount of time where you almost start to question, do I even like songwriting? Do I have it anymore? Did I lose the muse permanently? Maybe I don't even really want to be a songwriter anymore. Sometimes this happens, so we're going to talk about three different ways to recover from songwriting burnout. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Vidala. Honored that you would take some time out of your busy day and week to talk songwriting with me. If you haven't already, be sure to grab my free guide, 10 Different Ways to Start Writing a Song. Certainly, there are some things in there that will help you get out of burnout as well, because as you know, if you've been a listener for a while, I'm a huge believer in the idea of sometimes just changing up the way we start songs makes the creativity flow in a way that it just doesn't if we keep trying to write a song in the same way over and over again. Sometimes it's just, you know, that acoustic guitar just stops inspiring you, but sometimes just instead of writing a bass line, even if it's just on the the lowest string of your acoustic guitar, or sometimes coming up with a, a drum rhythm first, or the melody first, or coming up with a guitar hook, or just changing instruments completely is a great way to refresh your creativity. So that also can help with songwriting burnout. And of course, if you're new to songwriting, that will help you out as well. Five ways from a lyrical standpoint, five ways from a musical standpoint. Check it out, songwritertheory.com slash free guide. So Songwriting burnout. It sucks when you get to a point uh, where you start to question, am I any good at songwriting? Did I always suck at songwriting? Did I always, like, was I just lying to myself that I was creative before and now my creativity is gone forever? Or sometimes it's less dramatic and it just is, you know, a crappy couple weeks where it feels like you just, if you do songwrite, you don't really enjoy it. It's not really going well. And you think maybe I need a break. And, you know, sometimes a break turns into way too long of a break. But regardless, we, we in theory want to get out of burnout as fast as we can and spend as little time in burnout as possible. Because pretty much anything in life, the the most valuable thing is consistency, right? So, you know, if you have one month a year where you actually songwrite, that's great. But it's much better if we're, you know, consistently songwriting throughout the year. And that doesn't mean there won't be a natural ebb and flow of creativity within that. But we generally don't want to, you know, songwrite like crazy for three months and then not do any at all for nine. So one of the things I found really helps with songwriting burnout is writing in a totally different genre or writing as a different act, which can be sort of the same thing, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So sometimes, even oftentimes, after a day of work, I'm, I'm pretty fried. My brain might not physically hurt, but uh, mindlessly scrolling through YouTube shorts uh, not only seems like a great idea, but sometimes is the only thing it feels like my brain can do. And yet, if I take a short break, and I change contexts to do more brain work that is notably different than software development, which is what I'm doing during the day, uh, suddenly my, my brain 
feels like it comes back to me. All of a sudden, I have creativity again. All of a sudden, my brain isn't tired anymore. And and yet, if I ever try to do more software at night, I usually want to shoot myself. So I've noticed that it's very much a thing that sometimes when we're tired or if we feel like we have run out of creativity, it very often isn't like I am tired, period. It's more like I'm tired of specific thing. And oftentimes I think we interpret that as, oh, we're just tired in general. And and that it, it may be true that we are somewhat tired in general, but I think sometimes we would be surprised how refreshed we get simply by changing context, where if you kept doing what you had done all day again at night, it, it may be the case that you're totally fried and you will hate every second of existing while you're doing that. But it might also be that if you continue to work, but you just do different work, and by work, I mean, you know, just anything productive. So songwriting would count here or writing a book or, or painting or anything like that. It might be that it actually ends up refreshing you because it's different. Yeah, it still involves your brain, but it's different. So what I would compare this to is working out. You can lift weights every day if you work out a different part of the body, right? And I know there are probably some workouts that do just, it's more minor, but it does do the same body parts day after day. But most workout plans, the idea is like you have a bicep day, right? You go crazy on biceps or maybe arms in general. And then you have leg day, right? The thing that people are accused of, of skipping and some people clearly do skip, Um. So when you do that, right, it's not it's not that you can't work out every day. It's that you shouldn't work out the same body part because they – the same muscles, I should say. Body part sounds weird. You don't work out the same muscles over and over again, you know, two days in a row because it needs some time to recover. So if you do an in intense bicep workout, you can't follow it up with another intense bicep workout the next day. It probably would go really poorly. And you would feel super weak. But you can have an intense leg workout the next day and be totally fine. And it, th this is usually because your body may be generally tired. But really, it's specifically your biceps that are tired. But the rest of your body is more or less ready to go. So, why do I talk about all this? Because I think it's the same way within songwriting. Because you may be surprised how much of your songwriting inspiration that you think is out, that you think of as like run out is really your style and genre of inspiration that's run out. So maybe you do primarily John Mayer-esque singer-songwriter stuff, but you've dabbled or just been curious about making, say, electronic music, EDM or something. Or maybe you're primarily a rock songwriter, but you've always loved a good Hans Zimmer or John Williams movie soundtrack and want to make some compositions like that yourself. Or maybe you've been curious about trying to write a comedy song or some children's music. The, the Bare Naked Ladies, the band, um, did a whole children's album once. Or maybe... Your band that you're a part of has no interest in sappy love songs, but you've always kind of wanted to write one for yourself, but you've never bothered because you're a part of a band and you know they're not going to go for it, so you just don't even bother with it. But 
you just deciding, you know what? I'm kind of stuck with my, let's say, John Mayer-esque singer-songwriter stuff. I'm going to now just go work on that EDM stuff I've always been curious about or that Hans Zimmer-like stuff I've always been curious about. And this is going to do basically two things. One, one is that, well, probably more than two things, but but one of the things that's going to get you is you'll likely find out that it was the case, that it wasn't that your inspiration generally had run out. It was instead that your inspiration for the specific genre and sound that you do had run out. So in the same way, in the 10 different ways to start writing a song, some of the things I touch on are the idea that if you sit at a guitar versus a piano, it's it's such a radically different experience that it's very possible that you sit with your guitar and you got nothing, nothing at all. You're just you're just totally uncreative. And then you sit at your piano and all of a sudden it comes to you or you just instead of using acoustic guitar, you change the sound and instead use your electric guitar and turn on the distortion and all of a sudden you're inspired. Or on your keyboard, you just change to the strings setting instead of the grand piano setting or the harpsichord setting. And all of a sudden, because of the different sounds, it inspires you in a way that you just wouldn't have gotten by going to the same instrument and the same sound. So this is just taking that one step further where because in those examples, you're probably still generally writing in the same genre or for the same act. And I've touched on act now twice. I mentioned it at the beginning and I'm mentioning it again. So let's let's clarify what I mean by this. So when I say an act, what I mean is a different quote unquote artist that you may be a part of or you may be. So what do I mean by this? You as a human being, as a single human being, can have multiple different artists or acts. Now, I would argue overall you are a single artist in the realist sense of the word artist. No matter how many bands you're in, you as as a human are one single artist. But you can be a part of multiple different acts and you can write for multiple different acts. Sort of think of this like one actor being in multiple movies, right? Like it's it's one actor, it's one artist. But, but they can do different projects that inspire them in different ways. And we are the same way. You know, you, you, you can have a band that is your primary act that you're a part of, but then you can also write some, you know, acoustic stuff that's not as hard, that's not hard rock like maybe your band is or isn't punk like your band is or whatever. Or, you know, maybe you've always kind of liked country music and your band hates country, so, you know, you can't even get them to do Southern rock. But, you know, on the side, as, a, as, as another act, sometimes you can go and write the country music that you've kind of wanted to write or the EDM music you've been curious about or soundtrack mu- music you've been curious about. And that's what I mean by different acts, right? So you can be a part of a band and have that be one of your acts where you would write a certain way for that band. And then you would write a different way and write maybe different music for your singer songwriter, individual artist stuff. It's kind of like, you know, all the artists that do go solo, but also stay in the band they were a part of, right? It allows them to, to do two different types of music, uh, which, which helps them in the inspiration department. So that's what I mean by different acts. Now, whether the other music that you write 
that isn't your normal music is something that you actually would release as a separate act, right? You'd call it something different. So instead of me having just, you know, Joseph Vidala songs, I can have Highland songs as well, or I can have, you know, insert other band name here songs that I release under that name because to me, the Joseph Vidala sound is a certain sound. So if I, I make some EDM music that doesn't even have vocals in it and doesn't have any lyrics in it, obviously, because there's no vocals, I wouldn't release that under Joseph Vidala because that's not a part of the, the the act or the artist that is Joseph Vidala. That's not what, what I want to be. But it doesn't mean I don't want to release and make music like that. So it gets you a creative boost just by changing up the sounds and changing up what you're writing towards. You might even write in a totally different way. Recently, we talked about different songwriting methodologies or styles. And so it might be the case that you've always done the performer style songwriting. You're sitting with your notepad or in front of a computer and you're writing down lyrics as you, you know, improvise with your acoustic guitar. But if you write EDM music, that might inspire you to naturally gravitate to producer style songwriting. So it, it can benefit you in that way too, where you try a different songwriting style that, that also can help inspire you in a different way because as I talk about a lot and at the beginning of this, right, starting your song in a different way can be great for your creativity. But it also can be helpful because it can give you some ideas that you can bring back into your main act later. Because it, it may be the case that you never want your main act or artist to be EDM. But when you go off and do some EDM stuff, you might make some discoveries that are like, ooh, I could incorporate this concept into my singer-songwriter stuff or into my rock band. And it, it may be that you're changing the instrument that does it, right? Like you had some like a pad doing it in, in your EDM music that you're experimenting with. But then you're like, ooh, you know, it'd be interesting if I, if I took a guitar and made a pad sound out of it that then would go into a rock song and actually would fit because it is a guitar sound, but it's being utilized as a pad, which is... I don't think very common with guitar. Now, I made that up off the top of my head, right? But, but you know, something like that you can get out of it. So there's a lot that, that you can get out of just writing in a totally different genre. Don't think about writing for your main act and instead intentionally write something outside of the normal genre that you would write and for a totally different act. Because I know... I know from personal experience that sometimes you have in your head, I as an artist am X. And therefore, you write everything towards something that you would release. It's easy to do that. It's very easy to do that. You know, if you are if you pride yourself on your punk music and you start to write something that seems a little country, you'll be like, oh, I gotta, I, I gotta turn it punk. Or I gotta just stop writing this song because what's the point? I'm trying to write for the next punk album. And that there's nothing wrong with that per se, uh, specifically when we are trying to release something for a specific artist or act. Uh, but overall, we don't want to stifle it too much. And, and allowing ourselves to go down those experimental roads can be a great way to get back our creativity after some songwriting burnout. Another thing to get out of some songwriting burnout is to find a new inspiration well. So it's always a missed opportunity if all our songwriting inspirations sound like us. 
It's probably true that we sound something like a combination of our five biggest inspirations or favorite artists, and that's okay, and even good, right? It's kind of like the whole you as a person are usually the average of your three closest friends, they say. And, you know, there's certainly a lot of truth to that. And there's, depending on your friends, there <laughs> hopefully there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it's helpful for our creativity to stop listening to the same artists over and over and over and over again. But instead, to go out and intentionally explore music that's more radically different than the music we write and our favorite artists. So if I were to list my top 10 favorite artists, pretty much all of them would be somewhere in the realm of rock or rock adjacent. And they all would have a um, sort of a, a singer, it's sort of like a singer songwriter plus rock leaning and pretty much all the artists I like are somewhere in there, or at least top 10 worthy artists. Um, like technically my three favorite artists are all more or less rock bands. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, right? And, and there is variety even in my top five, but not the kind of variety that I can get by intentionally going out and being like, you know what, let me go find some like European pop music that's going on now. Or let me go find some Celtic music that I find interesting. Or, you know, going and checking out what's going on with EDM. Or even, you know, more radically different genres that, that aren't even, you know, really listened to or at least not really made in the West, right? That might utilize some some different instruments even, uh, you know. Find music that doesn't even come from the continent that you live in. So, overall, if you're constantly listening to folk and writing folk and listening to more folk and writing more folk, you're less likely to bring something fresh to the folk music you're writing and more likely to write something that feels like it already exists. Right? So, if, 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 if you just listen to grunge, then it's less it's not very likely that your grunge is going to be significantly different or bring anything new to the table compared to the grunge you listen to right but but if you also are listening to some Hans Zimmer and some classical music and some older jazz music and and i don't know 90s country and you're also throwing in there some some european pop artists and uh, you know, maybe some J-pop, right? You throw all that in there, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there might be something, even if it's a genre you don't like, there might be something from other music that you normally wouldn't listen to that you're like, huh, that is interesting. And even though I don't like overall what the music is doing, that is an intriguing guitar part they have there, or that's an intriguing choice to have you know, a, a certain instrument in this song that I, in the music I listen to normally, they don't even utilize that instrument, right? So it, it could be as simple as bringing an instrument from another genre. So if you take steel guitar and bring it into pop music, steel guitar, as far as I know, is almost exclusively used in country music. I'm sure it's used in some other, and country adjacent music, I should say. 
you know, I'm sure it's used in some other stuff, but like there's one sort of rock song I know that utilizes steel guitar. I'm sure more exist. Um, but even that song has sort of, a, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not exactly a hard rock song and it, it, um, it's, it's not super on country, but it's definitely not country. But if you had like legit pop music and you put steel guitar into it, that is notably different. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard a pop song with steel guitar and I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but again, if I, if I, I can't think of any. That at least means that it's notably different enough that if I heard a pop song with steel guitar in it, whether I liked it or not, I don't know. But it would catch my attention. I'd be like, huh, that's really interesting what they did there. Or Bagpipes Into Rock. Um, I, this this one I, I'm pretty sure is not total, totally new and different. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's Bagpipes in, uh, what, is that, what is that song called? The one that, like... Something about Boston. I'm forgetting what it's called. It's by the Dropkick Murphys, though. It's like their main song that that you probably would know if, if you listened to it. It was like every, every football team played that like after touchdowns were scored for like the whole beginning of the 2000s. But anyway, that's the type of thing. Like the whole success of that song might literally come from the fact that nobody had mixed like sort of this Irish sound in this sort of bagpipey whatever with like legitimately hard rock before and it it created this cool interesting sound or or synths into cel in in uh, celtic music wow you can tell i'm from massachusetts synths synths into celtic music um you know that's another thing that i, I don't even know if that exists it probably does but uh, every every piece of celtic music i've ever listened to uh is you know Fairly, fairly traditional sounding. So if I heard some synths in what otherwise was legitimate Celtic music, that would that would be something that would catch me off guard. I'd be like, huh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. Or distorted electric guitars into jazz. Most jazz is not usually using heavily distorted guitars. Or a didgeridoo into rap. Um, I like Breaking Benjamin quite a bit and their main song, Diary of Jane, a part of what makes the intro so memorable i think and so cool is there's a didgeridoo in the beginning that's a part of that main intro guitar stuff at the beginning of that song and, and again i think it's one of those if, if you don't have that is the song still a hit probably but i don't know i do find it interesting that almost every a lot of artists if they have like a one main hit it almost always has that like one instrument or one thing about it that is notably different from, you know, the standard. So another thing you could take from another genre would be a different tempo or a different lyrical style or arrangement concept. So hard rock, for instance, oftentimes is very, uh, very vague in the lyrics to the point that sometimes I'm convinced that some artists literally just put random dark sounding imagery that, and they have no idea what it means. And they're just like, ah, people will fall for it. People will be like, oh, this is so cool. They said, drain the blood of the sun. And even though it, it doesn't mean anything at all, it sounds cool. So people will let it go. Um, not, not all hard rock music, but there, there is a tendency towards so vague that I'm like, I'm not sure this means anything. I think you just put a bunch of meaningless stuff together that sounded cool and hoped nobody would notice um 
But anyway, but if you are writing some harder rock music, uh, uh, but you listen to some folk music or, you know, another genre, maybe country or something that tends towards more intimate lyrics and, and more uh, literal lyrics rather than stuff that is just, you know, symbolism on symbolism on symbolism. Bringing that into your harder rock music can be, again, another thing that can jumpstart your creativity a bit. And it might be something, even though it might seem obvious, that you, you've never considered before because you're so used to listening to all the other artists that are also hard rock and they all do the same lyrical tropes, so you do the same lyrical tropes. And sometimes it can become quite the vicious cycle. So if you are listening to Coldplay only and you just love Coldplay, the, the probability that you're going to sound like a poor man's Coldplay is very high, right? Because that's all you're listening to. So it's it would make sense that you would come across like a cheap copy of Coldplay. And we, we all can fall into this trap, right? But if you're listening to Coldplay and Hans Zimmer and Celine Dion and Seal, now all of a sudden there's some, there's some different stuff in there, Right? Just adding some Celine Dion sensibilities to a hard rock song could go a long way, right? Because those are two very different things. Or Coldplay pianos to an EDM song, again, could go a long way. So if you're feeling like you're burned out with songwriting, intentionally go find music that is not the type of music you normally would listen to and maybe don't even like. But I do find that, at least for me, and this might be because I listen to less music than I used to. It's, I feel like I've heard some some authors say this too, where like they they don't really read as many books as they'd like because they're too busy writing books. And I oftentimes feel that way, where I probably listen to less music now than like most of my coworkers because they can like listen to music while they're working, and I'm like, no, that will distract me. Like I'll, I'll be too busy paying attention and analyzing the song and going into songwriter brain, so I can't really do that except with really basic um, lo-fi music. I, I can do that, but pretty much any other music is going to distract me. And 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 it's not like I take the time most of the time to just sit and listen to music when I'm just. I don't know, sitting around. So so oftentimes I find myself where I don't listen to music for weeks or months, really, uh, because I'm too busy making my own. But sometimes what can happen from that is then I you can get stuck. So a great way I found to really get out of that is I'll just go on YouTube and I'll I'll, I'll kind of go down a rabbit hole. I'll search for something specific, like maybe Celtic music or or, you know, European pop artists or something like that. And then from there, I'll sort of go down the rabbit hole because once you click on a video, right, YouTube on the right side is going to give you some suggestions that are similar to that artist usually, mixed in with stuff that they know you usually like. Uh, something that can really help with this, by the way, create a new YouTube profile, uh, like a second one or a third one or fifth one, however many you have, because then you have sort of that profile that is 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 – fresh and will quickly recommend things to you based on this new music you're looking up. And then you can kind of also not have your main YouTube account brought down by, let's say you're listening to music 
to try to find something interesting about it. Uh, but you don't really like it, so you don't really want YouTube to think, oh, he, he likes this stuff, send him more. Um, it can also be helpful for that. But anyway, doesn't really matter how you do this. But I do find that that YouTube is a great way, partially because it's even more engrossing. Sometimes you can get distracted if you're listening to music without the video or something. But I find that there's, there's something about, entrancing about, all right, let's watch this music video um, that at least <clears throat> helps me out with sometimes finding some inspiration from genres that I normally wouldn't listen to and sometimes even genres I don't necessarily particularly like. But we still can draw things we like from genres we don't like or from artists we do not like. Think of it sort of like the inspirational version of Scott Adams' talent stacking. If you don't know what talent stacking is, the real short version is it's basically the idea that it's really difficult to be elite, like top 1% at one specific thing. So for example, most of us could never have been in the NFL, in the NFL or NBA. It doesn't matter what mom and dad told us. We just like, for, I'll take myself. I'm five foot seven. There is a 0% chance that I would have made it in the, in the NBA. Zero. Like the, no way. There's no amount of training. There's, it just wouldn't have happened. Right. Um, and that's sometimes what happens with, with one specific skill. But the idea of talent stacking, I'll take songwriter theory for example. You know, I'm, I'm stacking talents in that I don't have to be the best songwriter because the talent stack that I'm utilizing here is not the best teacher or the best songwriter or the best on camera or the best podcaster because all of those are being put together, right? So how many people are doing a songwriting podcast that are pretty good at teaching songwriting specifically and that are, you know, good on camera and can edit videos and can do decent audio. So the talent stack I have make makes it so that it's way easier to be one of the best at, at specifically teaching songwriting via podcast and YouTube. To be the best at that, because it's such a stack of different things that might that that there's very few people doing all those things, right? That are songwriters that are pretty good at teaching, that are pretty good at making videos. And you might say, "Well, Joseph, your videos aren't great." Yeah, I I, I know I'm still, you know, newer at this, um, but but I don't they don't have to be like Mr. Beast because I'm not competing with Mr. Beast because my talent stack is. Be, I just need to be pretty good at a bunch of things, which is way easier to be the best at a talent stack than it is a, a, a talent, a specific one specific talent, because there are tons of people who play basketball. There are not tons of people. There's way fewer people that know how to songwrite that are teaching online via podcasting that are good on camera or at least decent on camera, et cetera. Right. Once you put all those things together, you're, the percentage of people that are competing with you, if you will, is way smaller. So that was the I said the short version. I lied. I'm so sorry. Uh, but go look up Scott Adams talent stacking, especially if what I just said d doesn't make sense to you. But you could see this as the inspirational version of that. So we can call it Joseph Vidal's inspiration stacking. Just kidding. Totally stealing from Scott Adams here. But the, the idea is, is largely the same, but with inspiration, 
right? If you are are just, you listen to the Beatles, you love the Beatles, you're crazy about the Beatles, and you listen to other artists that are kind of like the Beatles, and you write music like that, you the likelihood that you stand out is incredibly low. Incredibly low, because you're just... It's 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 just one of the trillions of artists that say, oh, the Beatles are my inspiration. Like, okay, you and like 99% of all songwriters. But if you truly love Hans Zimmer and also Coldplay and also Celine Dion and Seal and, all, and you're taking all these different inspirations and putting them together, now there's almost, there's probably like zero people on the planet today combining those sounds, probably. I don't know. And there certainly is way fewer of those people than people who are generally modern-day Beatles, right? There's a trillion of those. I mean, there's a trillion of those probably just at any music college. So overall, go find a new inspirational well. You don't even have to like it, but just go listen to music that you normally wouldn't. And lastly, and shortest of all, pull a Ross and go on a break. This is the obvious one, which is why I saved it for last. But honestly, for both songwriting and songwriter theory, sometimes I get into a rut where I really don't feel inspired. And if I'm really being honest, I, I, I even stop enjoying the thing for, for a little bit. But sometimes just taking a day or a week break goes a long way. A long way. Because I love both of these things. I love songwriting and I love pretty much everything songwriter theory. Um, but, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean I love it every day. And it certainly doesn't mean that I love it, you know, doing it X amount of hours every day, right? Sometimes after weeks or months of, of doing it a lot, a lot, a lot, it's just like, man, I just want to do something else. Right. So take a break, work on some other hobbies and, and, you know, Maybe you've always been interested kind of in painting or in getting into board gaming, which, by the way, is a fantastic hobby. And no, I'm not talking about crap games like Monopoly uh, and Sorry and all that Ameritrash, as it's called, um, which is just, well, actually Ameritrash. Anyway, this is not a board gaming podcast. But anyway, there's a there's a world of board games out there that are just phenomenal if you didn't know. But, you know, go go find another hobby or dabble in another hobby that you've always been interested in and just take a break. Allow yourself the break. But here's the thing. Set a date of when you need to come back to songwriting because what you don't want is to be that person that like constantly just dabbles in all these different hobbies and never really commits to one and therefore never really gets anything done, right? Like to, 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 me, to me, the tragedy would be you kind of do a little painting, but you never actually finish a painting because by the time you're about to finish a painting, you go back to songwriting a little bit, but you never actually finish a song. And then you're dabbling with board gaming a little bit and and you play some games and then you go back to painting, but you're like, ah, I don't want to finish the last painting. I'll, you know what? I'll do drawing instead. And then soon you're like doing all these things, but you don't actually have anything to show for it. Uh, that probably should be avoided, but Overall, take a break. Don't write any music. Set a deadline when when to come back, right? Give yourself a week off or two weeks off. Be specific about it. And probably no more than two weeks. Certainly no more than a month. And then during that time, spend time finding new music and listening to new music like we talked about in the uh, last way to get rid of songwriting burnout. 
and then take a break and and practice just sitting in silence or going on a walk outside in silence. You would be surprised how inspiring silence can be. It really can be because we live in a culture, right, where everybody is constantly just filling themselves with with listening to things. And I I certainly get this, right? I, I, I can barely go to the bathroom without feeling compelled to like, oh, there are a few YouTube videos I wanted to watch. So now's the time to bring it up. Got to be real efficient. So it's so easy. It's so easy to just never really allow yourself to sit in silence and to almost feel uncomfortable with the idea of like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not listening to anything. I'm not listening to a podcast. I'm not making music. I'm not. But sometimes silence is, is when you can find inspiration once again. So overall, if you're experiencing burnout or in the future, if you experience burnout, three ways to get out. Write in a totally different genre or write for a totally different act. Sometimes even giving that different act a name can be really inspiring. You come up with this cool name for your like EDM artists or EDM producer name, and that can get you kind of excited. Like, oh, okay, I just want to make like one song in EDM. And all of a sudden, your creativity may come back specifically for that song, but then that also might refresh you a little bit to be able to go back to your main music. Find a new inspirational well. Go out and listen to different music. This this is the one that I'm convinced probably the least of us do particularly well um, because it's so easy to be like, I'm a country guy, and I'm going to listen to country, and I write country, and that's it. Um, That's not me, but it's easy to be that person. Right. Uh, me is probably more like singer, songwriter, rock. I, a lot of my stuff tends to be right in that right in that realm of like five for fighting, cold ish, Goo Goo Dolls, Poets of the Fall, Breaking Benjamins on the harder side, but Vertical Horizon, of course. And, and those are all not that different. Uh, some of them are more different. Right. Breaking Benjamins, a bigger departure from like Goo Goo Dolls and Vertical Horizon. Those two could be in a concert together. And that would actually make a lot of sense, but you wouldn't have Breaking Benjamin and Goo Goo Dolls together. But which, by the way, that's a, that's a good way to think through this. If you're if the are all the artists you listen to, you could see backing each other up, or if the, the, your main inspirations could all back each other up, right? Or or co tour, then they're too similar, and it's good to go branch out a little bit. And then finally, if the other two aren't working for you, which I have a feeling they will most of the time. But if they don't, or if you're really fried, maybe you've been doing 10 months of two hours a day and you are just exhausted, pull a Ross from friends and go on a break. Hopefully this was helpful to you, especially if you're experiencing burnout. I know how discouraging it can be. Again, grab the free guide, songwritetheory.com slash free guide, 10 different ways to start writing a song. Between that and this, if you're dealing with burnout, if you're dealing with not feeling inspired, This should help you out. Thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. If you haven't already and you enjoy the podcast, great thing you can do to help me out is to leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate every single one of you who have taken the time to do that. means a lot to me. So thank you. And I will talk to you in the next one.